This is Meet the Movie Press. It's May the 3rd, 2019, on the show today. Tributes to Peter Mayhew and John Singleton, Avengers Bust Blocks, Sonic Reaction Plus Detective Pokemon Review, and the rest of the week's big releases. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Simon, and on my Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. This is Meet the Movie Press. It's May the 3rd, 2019. Uh, We're going to start the show on a slightly downbeat note this week, unfortunately, because we lost two legends. Uh, But before we discuss them, uh, I want to introduce you to the panel. First of all, Dimitri and Scott. Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you, please? Uh, You can find me here on Popcorn Talk Network's Meet the Movie Press and on the Twitter's at D-Movies 1701. Hello, Demetrius. <laughs> hello. Hello. Everyone's very low-key this morning. Yeah. Uh, and I look like a midget on this camera. Um, I'm actually so sitting I on am, a cushion, to be honest with you. I am so, Scott Menzel. Yeah. Ooh, where can we find oh, you, Scott? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. You shrunk. Well, I'm, 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 literally, I'm literally on a booster seat, and it's in tribute to Peter Mayhew, possibly the tallest man I've ever come across in my entire life. Uh, this is Meet the Movie Press. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us this week. Uh, as always, if you're watching the show live, you can take part in the chat room on YouTube. Uh, a lot of people already in there. Uh, Miguel Gomez is in there this morning. Good morning. Jenna James is in there. Ashley Menzel is in there. Uh, Sarah Brockle is in there. Uh, Carney Egan is in there. Fishman Dildo is in there. Uh, Zephyr is in there. So well done, everybody for being part of this. Obviously, you are the reason that we do the show. Having this dialogue, it's really important. Um, I was going to start off talking about the the Avengers box office this week, because that's one of the week's biggest stories. But unfortunately, we lost two insane legends in the industry. Um, Obviously, John Singleton early this week, so we'll talk about him in just a moment. But first of all, uh, yesterday, Peter Mayhew, um, obviously best known for for being Chewbacca in the original Star Wars movies. Um, The reaction online certainly from people that he knew but also fans has been incredible i mean i know dimitri especially you're a big star wars fan yeah, sure. uh, even wearing the shirt in tribute I today yep. um peter mayhew for you what did he mean to you and what was kind of your experience as a fan and did you ever get to meet him I, 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 I've only seen him passing in conventions, so I never got to meet the gentleman. Uh, but for me, you got to remember back in, uh, well, 1977 when Star Wars came out, what was great about the original Star Wars yeah. was how practical they did effects back then. So as a fan, I would read the star logs. I would read everything that I could to learn about the making of and the behind the scenes. And knowing that there was somebody behind that was playing Chewbacca, yeah. uh, and knowing this very tall man, uh, you got to know these people. Because it's so rare that you hear about uh, Peter Mayhew, David Prowse, Kenny Baker, mm. who is doing R2-D2, right? As a fan, you 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 got to know these, and they got to play these characters that became so beloved just from that first movie, mind you. Yeah. Without the series going on, and you realize that it was his eyes, like Peter Mayhew, I'm mm-hmm. talking about now, um, and just what he gave. He really breathed life. He Chewbacca was a character. Yeah. And that's what George Lucas wanted. They didn't want it to be a man underneath the suit, but when you met the man underneath the suit and you read about that man, he was as 
kind and he was a gentleman mm. and you saw great behind the scenes photos with him in the cast without the mask off. Yeah. And as a kid, as an 11 year old, it was just amazing to see. And one thing as well, certainly watching it, is is the fact that obviously we're living in an age now with where there's CGI. Right. There was an element of stuff that you could do uh, back then um, and even in the more recent history. But Star Wars, they used a really tall guy to play a really tall character. And really small people to get inside robots and play really... (laughs) And to to do Ewoks and stuff. So it really was the purest form of of physical theatre when it came to them. This wasn't a regular-sized dude on stilts in a big furry outfit. He was like seven foot. Yeah. You know, it really was the, the real deal. Scott, and your was, feelings on this. Uh, oh, he was sorry, also yeah. cast, too. I'm sorry. He was also cast because of his piercing blue eyes. Yeah. Because George Lucas felt, if anything, you have to see a Wookiee's eyes. Yeah. You have to see his eyes. Because that is going to be his heart. That is why you're going to love... You won't... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is like above and beyond a pet. Mm. You're gonna love this creature, this character, this animal, this this Wookie. Yeah, and it's because of those sympathetic eyes that you can tell from when he was angry. You can tell when he was joking. Yeah, and that was all Peter Mayhew. So a hundred percent, Scott. Your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not as close to this the the franchise as you are, Dimitri. Um, but that being said, I mean, there is something very unique about an actor who was yeah. able to play one character and be known for one character for almost 40, 50 years. You can probably count those right. actors right. in the industry on maybe two hands. Right. Maybe two hands. And, I mean, to be so well, <clears throat> well known and respected because yeah. of which, I mean, that's a credit to him. And I think it ties into a lot what you were saying is that even though it is a character that we've come to love mm. in a franchise, it's his personality and the way that he carried that character and brought it to life that really makes it stand out. And it's a lost art form that we have now yeah. where people don't do this anymore. Everything's all about the CGI mm. instead yeah. of an actual actor being in a costume and bringing it to life. And, and, that, and that's look cheesy. That, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And it didn't look cheesy. And yeah, it's, that's by no means a criticism of the fact that obviously a lot of CGI is used in movies right. these days, but you really can't beat that that authenticity. Obviously a lot of people from, you know, fans and people that work with him paid a lot of tribute online. Mark Hamill tweeted yesterday, uh, he was the gentlest of giants, a big man with an even bigger heart who never failed to make me smile and loyal friend who I love dearly. I'm grateful for the memories we shared and i'm a better man for just knowing him thanks pete r.i.p peter mayhew uh, star wars as well this was a tweet on on behalf of kathleen kennedy uh, we're deeply saddened today by the news of peter mayhew's passing since 1976 peter's iconic portrayal of his loyal lovable chewbacca uh, has uh, been absolutely integral to the character's success and to the star wars saga itself which is 100 percent true and obviously harrison ford is among those people who've paid tribute one that touched me today actually as well i was reading this when i was uh, having a bath 
this morning. Um, Ed- Edgar Wright uh, <laughs> tweeted his brother. Uh, thank you. Uh, Edgar Wright uh, texted his brother about, obviously, Peter's passing. Uh, and Edgar tweeted, uh, text with my brother. The only time I ever saw Peter Mayhew in the flesh was before the premiere of The Force Awakens. And I remember him coming on stage, but not the sweet moment coming off. Um, this is the text that was between Edgar Wright and his brother. R.I.P. Chewy. Glad we saw him at Force Awakens. Absolutely. I'll forever remember Harrison Ford helping him off stage like a true co-pilot. So sweet, so sad. And that's it. I mean, this this is really kind of where Peter fitted into the whole Star Wars thing is you see pictures of him dressed as Chewbacca and you see the cast hugging him and you would see him at premieres. And, uh, you know, and I mean, there's no disrespect to people currently part of the, the, the new Star Wars, but you would see people getting giggly when these heritage actors would come by the likes of Anthony Daniels, the likes of Peter Mayhew. And they get to experience this this first hand, the, the original Star Wars, and generation after generation, right. know that he was yes. the original Chewbacca. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And think about how amazing that is too. And it just goes back to what I was saying earlier. When Star Wars came out and the special effects extravaganza that yep. it was, it was one of the first times where making ofs were released in magazines and or books, so you got to see the people yeah. underneath. Right? It was a big deal. I can't think of another movie outside of the motion capture that happens today, right? Yep. I can't think of another movie where audiences, if they chose to to, to be knowledgeable, mm. knowledgeable about it and fans... Where they got to know Kenny Baker, where they got to know look look at Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Like what else is he known for outside of C three PO yeah. and giving character to that? 100%. So when we lose one of these people who who breathed life into a character that was so beloved as the co pilot. It, it, it says a lot for the franchise and for what it's done. And talking of talking of people paying tributes, uh, Jenna James uh, is in the chat today. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. John Singleton and Mr. Mayhew, a.k.a. Chewy. Uh, Jody saying hi, hi. Uh, Kame Chewy is co-piloting that great Millennium Falcon in the sky. Uh, a, a lot of people, uh, Zeno Hour, R.I.P. And thank you, Peter Mayhew and John Singleton. Uh, Senor Nerd, may the force be with you, Peter Mayhew. What a Wookiee. Carne um, Egan uh, saying, Peter Mayhew truly embraced not only his character, but the love of his fans, and I think that's really important as well. We're gonna one more thing on this, Dimitri. Then we need to yeah, move on. No, uh, speaking of the fandom too. Whenever he showed up, he did a lot of these conventions, yeah, and he was just beloved, and he would take pictures with fans. He just he embraced it, yeah. And so it's it really is a it, it's um it's very sad. There's a, there's a friend of mine actually. One other reaction I want to do uh, read is a friend of mine, Andy. Uh, she worked at a fan convention uh, quite recently in London, mm-hmm. uh, and it was where where um, uh, Peter actually was. And there was a lovely interaction between the two of them. I'm just going to find it on her, her yeah. Facebook page, which is amazing. Here we go. Um, I had the unexpected pleasure of meeting Peter Mayhew in March at the London Film and Comic Con. We'd both taken a break in the back room to rest for a few minutes, and it was clear that he was extremely tired. I was nervous to approach him as he's such a legend but I asked him if he needed anything, snacks, drinks, etc. He politely declined, but very sweetly asked how my day was going. I remember saying something to the effect of brilliantly, uh, but even more so now that I've had the chance to meet you. I also said, instead of all the food and drink they provide, perhaps a few pillows to rest on uh, would be handy during breaks too. He laughed and nodded, so I very inappropriately joked and said, motioning to and patting her chest, she's very well endowed, uh, you can always rest on me. Um... (laughs) Everybody needs a bosom for a pillow, as uh, as, as was said once. Uh, we, we both laughed loads, and he gave me a very big cuddle. I thanked him for the few minutes that he shared and left him to rest in peace, which I think... 
you know, is a, is a, is a really, I say touching, um, uh, <laughs> way way to remember um, Peter Mayhew and, and his interaction with fans. That kind of reaction yeah. is great. Uh, not, not to be Debbie Downer on the show today, but obviously we lost another legend, uh, John Singleton, this week. Uh, at 51, he had a stroke quite recently and they, they turned his live support machine off. Um, Often remembered mostly for Boys in the Hood, which is a movie that when I remember seeing it in movie theatres, um, it really had a, a deep effect. Obviously, I am not an African-American from Compton. So this is not a story that I personally related to. But that is a movie that touched me. It, it came from such a different world for me. But it touched me in such a personal way, that story and the way that story was told, that it, it, it really it, it sparked my interest in, in African-American uh, narrative cinema. Um, and I became a fan of his work and I had the pleasure of interviewing him a number of years ago when the movie Four Brothers came out mm-hmm. uh, for the Sun newspaper in the UK. Um, John Singleton, great, often underappreciated by the industry, though, and sometimes one of those cases where when you lose someone, you look at their legacy. Uh, first of all, Scott, uh, your thoughts and feelings on obviously the loss of John this week. You know, I was, you know, unfortunately, when the news broke, um, I think it was about a week and a half ago when he went in the hospital. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah, deep down, I had a bad gut feeling yeah. that it was it was not going to be good news mm. uh and when i woke up that one i think it was what two mornings ago two yeah. or three mornings ago and i saw and i was you know obviously i, w- I was saddened by the news um but it, it really is um a travesty in a lot of ways for um as you brought up simon the african-american community um I mean, Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, high, Higher Learning yeah. were all films that I saw at a very young age um, <clears throat> that really kind of showed me a different uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, even though I grew up in a household with, you know, uh, black brothers, um, you know, kind of seeing the struggles and like the realities of their life, you know, brought on the screen yeah. so realistically and wonderfully acted and beautifully told stories. Uh I think he was just really a master of that. Um, it's funny you mentioned Four Brothers because I actually think it's one of my favorites of it's this. It's a great movie. It's it often really doesn't get the love. I was going to say that yeah. too. Same here. Yeah, it's a really great movie. So. Um, and I mean, you know, he's he's been very consistent uh, as a filmmaker. Obviously, in his later years, I feel like because of the industry changing a lot, yeah, he's kind of got he's gotten less and less work. Um, and I don't know why. I never understood. I never understood. I, I still to this day don't understand Hollywood. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, we speak to people in Hollywood all the time, and often they don't understand. And, and, Hollywood, and it's so. like someone who has such a, a background and a legacy for making. I mean, you know, Boys in the Hood. Then he worked with Michael Jackson on multiple videos. You know, you kind of wonder like where it went wrong. You know, like what? Why from two thousand? I'm, I'm just looking at his filmography here. Why from two thousand and five? To recently, there was like no work involved. He wasn't handed anything. It's it, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's it's a conversation that I had with another director about a movie that has a predominantly African American cast this week, and it was I had the conversation about it. it's almost like Hollywood for a number of years forgot what to do with women, and forgot what to do with African Americans other than typecasting them in like comedies, the, like com- yeah, comedies yeah, yeah. or a character that would would want to shoot you, whether it's a gangster or a, or a bad cop or whatever. They were they were the dirty character. 
characters. Right. And I think the same kind of happened, and, we, and we've discussed this a number of times before about this, oh, well, this is aimed at a certain audience, so you wouldn't get it because you're not that demographic. And I think Hollywood kind of forgot to do, <coughs> forgot what to do with a lot of black filmmakers. Because Hollywood didn't know what to do with black audiences. They didn't know how to service audiences. And it's and I use black because it's not just in America, it's internationally. And I think he was a casualty of that. And I think, unfortunately, even though he's done some amazing work, they're just seeing a renaissance where Hollywood is getting that, do you know what, it's not just black audiences that want to see movies about black characters and we don't want to see black characters just done as, as hoodlums or whatever or ancillary characters. It's, you know, and and he was just starting to have a resurgence. It's interesting because I think, you know, John suffered almost from the uh, Wayans Brothers uh, movies. Yeah. Where, like, I felt like they were all just these dumb comedies Mm -hmm. about, like, weed and drinking and just, like, you know, really showing, like, the hood in, like, such a negative. Yeah, the worst of the worst. Yeah. And it was funny because their films at that time really succeeded, and they did so well, Yeah, you know, to the point where they made, like, the scary movies, the first three of them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because... Um, and this is, I guess, where a lot of the criticism comes from nowadays, where, like, people are like, finally, it's our time where we get, you know, African-American stories told by African-American filmmakers and yeah. women telling their stories. Because I think we often forget that a lot of times that all along we have white comedies, we have white action movies, we have white dramas. But, like, it seems like for the other backgrounds you're like you can have one yeah yeah it's like right. you can have comedy right yeah. now and it was a case and that's where, it. if you if you have a if you have a story that you want to tell about yeah. black culture or or, or, yeah. or african americans and you you want to do it it's great you can have your denzel washington's or your morgan freeman's but it'll be a white guy that directed it yes. because it's black directors that do hoodlum movies right like bill duke and people like that it's like give, give that to the black directors and give all the positive stories about black people that you know the seven pounds and all that kind of thing to the white directors so i think kind of holly would forgot what to do with him yeah but the love that was outpoured for john singleton this week was was incredible and this is from directors and actors across the board who appreciated the work um and he gave opportunities to people yeah you know even when he wasn't in the limelight he used the light that he had to be able to push other people forward and you know whether you're you know an actor or or, you know or, or a director or a producer or a writer he was there to fight your corner yeah and don't forget to that that what Boys in the Hood did mm. was, it, and it wasn't just for the the, the 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 black audience. I mean, just across the board, it introduced many people to this lifestyle. Like it brought it brought this to light about yeah. the, the the gangs and everything. And it really was a hard hitting movie. It, it launched the careers of ma- of many people. It yeah. launched his career for sure. Yeah. But you know, I mean, he did go into he had the he had the unfortunate task of going into the second Fast and Furious movie without Vin Diesel, right? So, uh, but you know, he went along. He did Shaft, yeah. Um, so, uh, and again, Four Brothers. Which Great is movie. A, it's a really underappreciated yeah. film yeah. with some really good performances, and it's a strong, good 
what would you call it? An action drama? I would yeah. call it an action you drama, know? yeah. Yeah, it's But really with, with, the, with the weight on the drama over the action. Yeah. For sure. You know, it, was, sure. it was a great move. But again, I mean, a lot of studios and audiences didn't know what to do with it because it's no. like, that's not what we know. <clears throat> right. So it's interesting. But so John Singleton, another um, another terrible loss this week. Uh, before we move on, I just want to, to, to mention a couple of people here uh, in the chat. Sarah Brockles, Simon, I feel so lied to. I totally thought you were black and from Compton. Oh. I know, it's a popular misconception. Um, <laughs> uh, Carl, watching from the Philippines. Hey, Carl, how are you doing? Uh, Zeno Hour Boys in the Hood is one of the best and groundbreaking movies of the 1990s. Check it if you haven't. I agree. I mean, really, when you look at movies from the 90s, uh, the, two of the filmmakers that really stand out for me that were new talents at the time were John Singleton and Quentin Tarantino. And if you look at the effect that both of them have had on the industry, uh, just as, as a whole, um, it, it's a remarkable legacy. It really, really is. Uh, Fishman Dildo, uh, they don't want to deal with people who are set in their ways and aren't willing to compromise. No, I think that's fair. Uh, Senor Nerds, uh, Boys in the Hood is my, but also, to be fair, uh, John was also someone who, having met him a couple of times on red carpet, uh, he was a very genuine guy who loved working, wanted to work and tell mm-hmm. great stories. Uh, Boys in the Hood uh, is my top 20 favourite movie list, but Poetic Justice and Baby Boy are extremely underrated. Uh, I will terribly miss John Singleton, that from Senor Nerd. Um, and Kame Egan, uh, do you think the Academy Awards will give John Singleton a posthumous award for all of his films? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think so. And to be honest with you, I think that kind of award, if you, if you hand them out, out kind of just because somebody's died i think you sometimes devalue that award mm. you know it's not like you have to have uh, there will be a lot of people that, that will die this year and there'll be a lot of people who have died in the last couple of years who get these awards and a lot of people who are alive that deserve <coughs> these awards and i i think I, I i don't think that would be right in this case recognition I think is really what would what would be the overriding yes. factor. Here. Yeah. Okay, we have a lot to get through uh, elsewhere on the show. Also coming up later, we've got reviews of Pokemon <coughs> and, and uh, this week's big releases, including meeting Gorbachev. Uh, which I saw uh, in the Q&A with Werner Herzog this week, uh, which is great. Okay, let's talk about Avengers Endgame. Uh, the box office this week did quite well. It did okay. Uh, yeah. It did okay. Yeah, did I, yeah. I think it's really good that yeah. people are getting behind these indie <laughs> movies. Uh, it's yeah. important to support indie it cinema. Is. It really is. Yeah, by these little, by these little distributors. Uh, okay, I mean, we kind of predicted that it was, it was going to go bananas and it was going to get a billion I think we said I think we were saying within the first couple of days and definitely the week and we were proved right um, I mean to be honest with you it didn't take a rocket science to work that out no. um, but it looks again like this week there's really not a lot of competition there's a couple of movies out but certainly nothing that is going to challenge it so it's going to have another week this week with a very a very small drop off um, how far do you think this can go guys when you look at this box office are we looking at a, a, a 2 billion obviously Avatar is a big target for this. Uh, do you think we're going to get the two billion plus? Do you think it could make more than than that with with ease? Uh, I think it'll be two billion. I mean, I don't. You know, the thing is with with Marvel movies and Marvel fans is that a lot of them go back out and see it multiple times. Yes. And I think with the... Um, I mean, I think this is actually a pretty solid week for movies, and next week's pretty good as well. But I think. It also shows the dominance of Disney and Marvel at the box office. Yeah. So Captain all, Marvel only out about four weeks ago is still in the oh top. Oh my 10. god! It was like number two it was last like number week. Two last week. Yeah. So I mean, it was the same play, play that he did with Black Panther. Yeah. Remember? It was, it was crazy because for the people who hadn't seen Captain Marvel yet, yeah. Yeah. and they couldn't get into Avengers, they were going to see Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it's crazy. just. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm not going to go on uh, the the talk about how Disney's like it's 
so unfair what they're doing. But regardless, um, you know, I think this has. I think you kind of just did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's okay. Nice one. I mean, the that's potential, fine. the potential of them getting that high number. I think it has the. I I think it's going to do it. I really do. I yeah, think this is going to top. I think it's going to top Avatar. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Is that Dimitri? I mean, again, we talked about this last week. At at most, so it did what three hundred domestically. It did what three hundred and forty yeah. million, right? Something along those lines. Yeah. So even half that, which is a fifty percent drop, still gets you over. That's like a hundred and seventy million dollars. Yeah. yeah, and so you. But you're looking anywhere from fifty being best case scenario. Could be high forties. Worst case scenario would be seventy percent off, yeah. which ain't gonna happen, right? So you're still looking at a gross domestically of somewhere 150 plus. Yeah. That's crazy. And to this week's movies, as much as I like the long shot, you're right. People, number one, it's a wave. So people who couldn't see it last week or avoided the crowds or avoided theaters that had measles, uh, they're going to go this week. Yeah. Uh, my best friend who saw it last week is taking his family. Tonight. I was going to say, I mean, th- there was a, I think it was Fandango actually did a, <clears throat> did a survey uh, and, and it's got the highest number of return visits of any Marvel movie. Makes uh, something sense. like 75% of people who've seen it already are going back to, to see it again, either, you know, on their own or, or with friends taking people. Um, I mean, th- th- this weekend's box office for this, it's looking at somewhere between 150 and 160 million in its second week, which, okay, is a drop off from last week, but still there are many movies. That's that opening would, weekend for almost ninety yeah, percent of yeah, movies. They would love to have an opening right. weekend, yeah, of there, and then yeah, of one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty thousand. And and the thing is, I mean, yes, it does cannibalize this week's other new releases because if you're looking at the expect, so we're looking at basically the top ten. This is according to Box Office Mojo. Uh, Avengers Endgame, it's it's a done deal. It's going to be number one. So you're looking at one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty. Long shot is then expected to be number two with twelve. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's th- there's a little bit of a difference, yeah, little yeah. Bit of a difference there. Well, but um, some disparity. <laughs> yeah. So we it's, don't say. it's kind I of like. Say. I, I also kind of feel, feel a little bad. I'm like, why wouldn't you hold off long shot for just a couple more weeks? Or release it like maybe two weeks I mean, earlier? I don't, I don't what, know. They get locked into those dates. Yeah. And that's what the problem well, is. I, I, and, and, and again, when you're locking in a date, right? Yeah. But you can You're change. I mean, historical. you can change these things. Like, there's a Brad Pitt movie that was supposed to be coming out in like three weeks' time. Well, that's that another, that's, by by that's, that's, story. An, that's another that's different story. story. Yeah. That's, that's a Disney yeah. story. That's a different story. That's a Disney story. Yeah, because that <laughs> everybody knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Yes. Everybody was more surprised as why it took so long for mm-hmm. Ad Astra to, to be taken off yeah. the schedule. And they and it wasn't like it was moved. They said it just disappeared. Right. Oh yeah. So, no, it's gone. But with 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 Avengers Endgame, when you're doing this sort of thing, right? Yeah. You can only go by what you have for historical reference. So you're probably looking at Infinity War, mm. and then you're probably looking at the weeks after Infinity War. Yeah. So this movie, nobody ex- expected it to be. We all said it was going to be big. A lot of people didn't expect a billion worldwide within three four days. Yeah. The, the entire weekend, right? So. That's it's crazy. And once you're locked in on that date, it's summer. You have a commitment to to get that out as soon as possible. It's yeah. counter programming. I think it'll do okay. 
But it's that's the bottom line. They're not going to change the date at this point because summer's crowded already. Yeah. And again, if you're looking at historical, so, but, like, I mean, even, even long survive. term, it's crazy to pick pick that day anyway when you know right. when you know that I there's a is... juggernaut. You know, it's like it's like sort of Fast and Furious, and someone's got you know a Maserati, and you go, "Don't worry, I got my smart car. We'll be fine." I'm <sighs> I'm always surprised by this. In yeah. all fairness, I mean, I get what you're talking about with the counter programming, but the thing is, is that sticking a movie like that, uh, I mean, almost all the releases this week, you know, in the middle of summer, in yeah. between the. Avengers and Pokemon and John Wick and Lion King and Aladdin. Yeah, like May, it's, May, just, it's just everything else is dead. May, I mean. May is a month of, of big guns yeah. this year. It but really is. There isn't another rated R movie if somebody has already seen Avengers, which many have, that they may want to go to. Yeah. Again, this is where that counter-programming works. That's why you can release a chick flick like after or or, po- or against an Avengers Endgame. I wouldn't want to be the hustle right now. Oh, oh my. Oh, no, I wouldn't want to be the hustle right now. But I'll be honest. Again, with you. that's another movie that I. Who knows that's even coming out? Yeah, I know. Uh, I had that conversation with someone this week. But I mean, you, you mentioned uh, the Avengers movie, and you called it Infinity War a couple of seconds ago. I think you mean Endgame. No, I meant. Oh, you did mean? No, I Infinity meant War. because okay, no, I was talking about historic. Like the ah, only right, okay, historical you. reference you have yeah, is Infinity War. That's fine. I actually joked on on uh, on Twitter the other week about the fact that box office is now going to be divided into two times. There's before Endgame and after Endgame. Um, and I think that's very much the case. I mean, you know, this week, it's get out of the way. I mean, there are movies, yes. I feel, kind of feel sorry for all the other movies coming out this week, because there are some good movies, some really well-reviewed movies coming out this week, um, and they're just going to get swallowed up. So, I mean, I, I think, yeah, obviously, I mean, you guys, I agree with you, I think it's going to be over $2 billion quite easily. I really think it's going to surpass uh, Avatar. I think we've seen from the strength and, and, the, and the renewed energy it's giving the lights of Captain Marvel, I think it's just going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's going to run and run, and I think the clever I did wonder if Avengers Endgame was going to cannibalize Captain Marvel and it was going to drop off. But in fact, I think it's done the opposite with that character because now I think people have seen more of Captain Marvel. People who are like, eh, me, not too fussed, are then getting a, a bite of this Captain <laughs> Marvel cherry and going like, okay, maybe I'll go and see a full movie based on her right, right away. Right. So I think it's, it's kind of shrewd marketing. Um, but the downside is I was going to the, to the farmer's market uh, last weekend. God, that sounds middle class. Going um, to the farmer's market in Hollywood last weekend. And my wife and I looked in the window of the arc light, and it's like everything was like Avengers Endgame, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Endgame, Curse of La Llorona, Avengers oh Endgame, God, Avengers God, Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Shazam, uh, Avengers Endgame, yeah. Avengers, Captain Marvel. And it was like, oh, Come on, man! Well, I went to Chicago, and they had this Avengers uh, recruitment center set up over there. (laughs) And then they also had the poster... No, I did not. Uh, but the uh, the poster was all over. I went to the airports. The poster was all over in yeah. there. It's like, oh my god! Like they yeah. they made sure it was that an you, event you, picture. Yeah, that you cannot and, avoid. And it. Don't forget the social media too. Most every talent or celebrity has gone on saying, "Just saw that awesome, awesome," and it just pushes that wave. It is more the most tweeted about movie of all time. Yeah, I mean that's that's. Bananas, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people in the chat. We're going to move on from this in a second because we have so much to get through today. Uh, okay, Fishman Dildo Endgame gave me my money's worth, which is great. Fishman Dildo again. Pre-sales for this week are through the roof. Still, they are. I mean, the figures are so strong for this. Uh, Jody, question: After it made uh, fifty-five, after made fifty-five million worldwide so far, most of it made overseas. It only had fourteen million dollar budget. Do you think it could be big enough for a sequel? I think you're talking about. 
I'm not quite sure what movie you're talking about there, Jody. Can you clarify in the in the chat? Uh, Zeno Hour, um, I didn't see it yet. Every showing was sold out. Yeah, I mean that seems to be the case. Fishman Dildo, uh, Endgame is a lot better than it uh, than it has a right to be. It's a fantastic movie. It's a really good movie. Uh, Sarah saying, Dimitri, summer is crowded uh, till August when we ran out of summer movies because uh, they released them all in March and April. I think that's true. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, summer is starting earlier and earlier every single year, and it, I, there's there's kind of an exhaustion by the end of the season right. and by the time you get to the end of july it's like yeah. you know it's that little it's that little whimper well that, that always used to out. be when they were released in may yeah no. you'd get that in september i'd like to go i'd like to go back to that because there is that kind of september before you really get to the horror movies coming out now exactly. the beginning of october and then first week in november you get the holiday movies coming out uh fishman dildo uh there's plenty of room for long shot and end game i like both types of movies yeah it's not about not liking um, different types of movies. Um, it's the fact that is there room for these movies for people to go and see? I mean, I think a lot of people who will watch Endgame will also want to watch Longshot. But if they have to choose one movie to go and see, they'll want to go and see the movie. They'll put their money down for the movies that everybody's talking about right now because they want to be part of the conversation. Absolutely. And they'll catch Longshot maybe a couple of weeks, maybe when it goes to, to a couple of dollar theatres, and then probably when it hits uh, streaming and everyone will go like, oh my God, it's a great movie. Why didn't nobody go and see it in cinemas? And uh, we can talk marketing. Yeah, Singer Nerd saying it won't catch Avatar. Zeno is saying, hey, Simon, hello. Uh, when are you dropping your review for Endgame X, a porn parody? <laughs> Uh, tomorrow. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to move on from this Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Uh, first of all, Randy Frick. Uh, and secondly, the reaction obviously came through yesterday on this, uh, where the director of the movie um, is saying, we get your reactions. Everybody freaked out. It didn't. The trailer didn't look good for the movie, full stop. It did not make me want to see this movie. A lot of people don't like the look of Sonic, and they don't like the teeth. Sonic has teeth. People don't like that. So the reaction online, the director's gone, okay, we hear you. We're now going to go and redo Sonic. You know, what degree, we don't know. But they're going to redo Sonic, so I think it's bye-bye TC Pegs. Um, But for me, this is really interesting. It sets an interesting and potentially dangerous precedent in the industry where fans see a trailer, they see footage from the movie, they go, me no likey. So then a movie studio goes, okay, great, we're going to change it, we're going to give it what the fans want. can be quite dangerous. Because once you start to go down that road, especially in a time where we've got man-babies boycotting movies, for me, I'm kind of like, I know, holy crap, it's it's Sonic. I I, I don't (laughs) don't know. uh, Guys, give me your thoughts on this. Dimitri, first of all. Sonic the Hedgehog, look... It's not a movie we need. I didn't say we needed it. Well, no. So it was at CinemaCon, and they did a fairly big presentation of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And when the presentation got really good is when they focused on Jim Carrey. And that actually made me want to see the movie. Okay. Because it's it's the Jim Carrey we haven't seen since, like, Ace Ventura. Mm. Um, It's that silly Jim Carrey. So when he came out on stage and they recut a trailer that was all focused on his character, Dr. Robotnik... And I'm like, that's the movie okay, I want to see. The Sonic stuff, I was like, eh? okay, <laughs> it's it's it, you know, bottom line, it's Sonic. Eh? It's funny. I was gonna say that because we saw that we were sitting next to each other at CinemaCon, and I literally like I turned to him when that trailer played, and I was like, eh, that does 
not look good. And then they, Jim Carrey came out throwing popcorn in his face. And then, I mean, they tr- showed this, like, the same length trailer with Jim Carrey. And, I mean, the reaction went from, like, eh, to, like, yeah, I want to see this movie. Um, that being said, to kind of tackle on your little point, um, I think this is very interesting, the way they're doing this. Um, I don't know if this is a new way of actually, you know, how they used to do, te- you know, how they do test screenings. Mm. This is an interesting way for something that's visual yeah. to kind of throw a trailer out, a test trailer, get the reaction, and see, like, hey, because it's digital, we can go back in and tweak the shit out of this. Yes. No, that, that does allow that. But there's also a reason why we, we can't. And this is actually what I'm trying to say is somewhere is really nicely by Zeno Hour, who in the chat has just said, I feel very uncomfortable with social media bullying filmmakers into how to make movies. This isn't good. You don't go to a baker and tell him how to bake bread. You don't go how to a mechanic and tell him how to fix your car. You don't go to school and tell the teachers how to, you know, teach your kids. So why would you? Why do you think that you have the right to tell? Because the thing is, if ultimately you make a movie, okay, so you listen to the fans, you make a movie that fans want to see. Yeah, you make a movie in part for the fans, but what about the other people who aren't hardcore fans, who are just the average guy or the average Jane who wants to go and just see a movie that they want to see? That is a movie that is what the filmmaker, the filmmaker's vision that they wanted to put out there, and they don't give a fuck about teeth. Yeah, yeah you know they, they ultimately they don't teeth. give a fuck about teeth. They don't give a fuck about what Sonic looks like. They just want to see this movie. Well, the kids want to see. This is not a movie that is aimed at twenty-five-year-old men and women, uh, or you know, even sort of eighteen plus. The average, sure, there's gamers, but generally not. Yeah. And if you start making a movie for these people, that is that is basically almost like fan fiction. You do run the serious risk of alienating, the, alienating those other people. Who aren't part of that hardcore fandom? And they're not going to know. I'm yeah. not going to know either way. Okay, I'm not going to know either teeth, no teeth, whatever. I've played the game sparingly at best. Yeah. Um, and again, but going to your point, there for, for years uh, there have been test screenings which have changed the outcomes of movies yeah. mm-hmm. because of these test screenings. Yes. And what? An but I think that's different. Has 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 said to the studio, and they've changed. Now we're in social media. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't see this happening with 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 Star Wars, with Marvel, with you know people. People said this about Daniel Craig as James Bond, right? They all came out. They didn't change him. I think for certain movies, like these yep. these big movies, but this is Sonic. you know. But pe- people say people say these things. I mean, I, I obviously I worked in radio. I've got a face for radio uh, many many times, many many years, like for well over uh, you know decade, decade and a half. And the amount of times that we would change, say, presenters on a on a on a show, mm-hmm. and you'd say, okay, well, you know, Bloke and Bird are leaving. Uh, we're going to have you know different people hosting the show from next week. People would instantly go, oh, they'd write to the local paper. I'm never listening to that radio station no. again. I love this these guys. Blah 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 blah. Do you know what? A month later, they were back. Sure. And I think we, we do. I think it's interesting, and I think it's also it's this shit costs money. So you start to cut into the bottom line of what these movies need to make right. 
to, to, to in order to make money, to be profitable for the studios. And if we start sticking our fingers in these cinematic pies, oh, we, we do. I mean, further down the road, do we run a risk of these kind of middle budget movies yeah. not being released because studios like, well, if the fans don't like it, the hardcore fans, and then we've got to spend more money doing this and more time, and we're running it late, and blah blah blah. blah it snowballs, and it then the, and then the studios go. Why the fuck are we bothering? Yeah, and we've talked about this on this show. Yeah, we right? About the fandom, and like, you're right. It's like, Jesus, you're gonna go in and make a change? Like, why? Like, you know, why don't you just see the movie first? Yeah. And like, maybe the teeth, like, maybe you don't give but, a shit about the but, teeth after you see the movie. But yes. what's different about this one, <laughs> and I think you guys are kind of missing the point on it, they're not going back into the movie and changing the movie. No, they're just changing They're just changing the style, which to the, to, to Paramount, like, I don't even know, like, when they looked at this and then put a picture of Sonic side by side and said, you know what? That doesn't look right. Yeah. So, like, essentially, if you are a fan, and I, I mean, even if you're not even a fan, if you're just, like, a casual gamer who grew up with, with yeah. um, I'm not a gamer anymore, but I grew up with Sonic, and I looked at the character, and I said, why the fuck does he look like this? But I, but I look at, no, I, 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 no, I, I, I totally get your point. I yeah. totally understand, but I'm not going... I'm not deciding whether or not to see Sonic the Hedgehog. But did you see the new clip? Like, the new, how they already, like, within one day, yeah. how they change it, and it looks almost like the character. So, like, what were they doing? Like, why didn't they just do that in the first place? Yeah, no, 100%. That's my, that's my weird question about this whole thing. No, right? 100%, but I'm, I am I still don't really want to see Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, I might see it, but I still don't want to see Sonic the Hedgehog. But it has nothing to do with... The, oh. I mean, okay, I don't like the look of Sonic, but that's not going to make me not watch the movie. But that's all the backlash was for. The, right. the backlash was kind of oddly not about, like, it wasn't how, about the story. It, it was just about, about how we looked. Yeah, but, yeah, But people didn't complain but this, but about this G.I. Joe. Yeah, but you didn't the, have oh, a beard. Or, no, I know, but when you open the door to these things, yeah. it's like, you know, it, it starts you're, you're, with... You're talking about the long term. I'm talking about the long term. Yeah. It starts with, oh, I don't like the look of Sonic. And then it gets like, well, I don't like what you've done with this character. <laughs> and I think test screenings, they continue to be invaluable, and they are really... But I think that's a slightly different kettle of fish, where you're going, okay, fine, we want to get this reaction, this is fine. We've already shot an ending, or this is an alternative script, or we need to go back and look at that I think that's very different to people on Twitter going me no likey Sonic you change Sonic blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. I just think it, it starts to potentially open a very uh, interesting it, yeah. potentially troublesome door and also then you've got people who you know in the days are where people are going I'm not seeing Soul I'm not seeing Return of the uh, Avenger the, you know uh, the Sith or whatever you know and countless other movies or Captain Marvel or Ghostbusters and it's like what, this. I just think this is playing a little bit too much for people who Ultimately, I don't think the things would make that much difference. Bottom line dollars? No. You know, I don't think people who are saying, I'm now not going to see some hardcore fans are not going to see it because I, I, it's just it's, no, it's I messy. Agree. It gets you're messy. You're opening up you know? a Pandora's box. Yeah. And yeah, you, I just don't know if you want it. Okay, a couple of people in the chat talking about this. Uh, okay, uh, Ashley Menzel. Uh, I mean, it was bad. Sonic looked like a Times Square reject character. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Senor Nerd, but despite the horrible look and the teeth, uh, I really feel bad for the filmmakers going back to the drawing board. In good chance, this movie will get pushed back. John Harrison, uh, all the Valkyrie New House got. Okay, that's talking about um, the uh, Endgame. Uh, you might have heard of that movie. Um, yeah, it's Jenna James. It's kind of what happened with the James Gunn situation. Yeah, no, it's it's not too dissimilar to that. Obviously, it's a different context, but yeah, I mean, it's it's trial by Twitter. Uh, I can understand why the director wants to make the changes. I don't understand who okayed that design. No, I agree. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, the trailer was like half a million dislikes. Yeah, but... 
I don't think it was because of a half a million dislikes isn't just about the look. But of also, Sonic. I'll be honest with you, you, and we get we get this on That's the, a on lot. the but we yes, get this. Is, in all fairness, it is because it started. If you remember when the poster for this first released, everyone was complaining about the look. And that's the thing when you have fan. I mean, it is. It's toxic, toxic fandom. Yeah. But what what happened was, they should have known from the tra- like from that freaking poster. Yeah. That okay, people are not reacting well from this. Let's change the look before we release the trailer. Yeah. I, yes, I don't I, understand. I don't think it's all look. You tweeted about your dismay to this trailer. I just think the, the movie you, looks awful. Right. So, but, I mean, bottom line. I think that there is. I'm a good happy to be proved wrong people. on that, by the way. Yeah, I think there's a good handful of people who might think the same way. Yeah. But also, I don't expect. I, I you know, but it's that not. Jim Carrey trailer. But it looks yeah. great. I want that movie. But I don't expect, when I don't like a trailer, I don't expect a jumper to go, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's not Subway. Right. You're not picking what you have in your sandwich. This is someone else's creative vision. Now, don't go and see the movie or see the movie, but I don't expect anybody to go, well, I think you're fine. I mean, if we did that with... Oh my God! Can you imagine what would happen with the likes of, uh, you know, Harry Potter? I mean, change this from the book. I don't like this. I think you'll find actually. And then this is well, in this thing, it's like I mean, oh God, I mean, God, that's what's too- happening though with but Fantastic Beasts right the, now. I know, and the thing is that at the moment the industry yeah. isn't isn't going to that. Yeah. And if we start buckling, yeah. you know, that bridge over the River Kwai is yeah. going to come tumbling down. Yeah. And I, that concerns me. Yeah, and it's it's tough because you want it, you want to serve the fans to an extent but again it goes to what we say about they're a small group right yeah you have to you have to but they're vocal dude that's the thing they're vocal yes that's the thing but they don't necessarily mean box office no absolutely do you know what there's no guarantee that they're going to pay 15 bucks to go and see the film when it's out anyway right so (laughs) let's let's not get fucking excited about these people first because you might like it (laughs) yeah you You might like it there are countless movies (laughs) and one of them we'll talk about in just a moment uh because we've got so much to get through before we get to the reviews. Um, one of them was Detective Pokemon, uh, Detective Pikachu, which I was like, we don't need this movie. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, another one was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, I really did not understand why that movie was being made. I thought it looked awful. Saw the movie, one of my favourite movies of last year. Very quickly in the chat, uh, BlackRock316. I can understand why the director wants to make changes. I don't understand who okayed that design. We've, sorry, I've already read that one. Uh, Zephyra, a Sonic's look is terrible. I'm just a casual fan, but gosh. Uh, John Harrison, I mean, it really started with Cavill's moustache. Cavill's moustache <laughs> was, a, was a certainly... That was, that was the oh, fart in the yes, elevator. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was the fart in the elevator that kind of... Everybody knew it was there. Nobody really right. wanted to own up to why that was done Um, but yes I think that's a catalyst Uh, John Harrison saying Sonic never started uh, this problem of uh, meddling no it didn't but what I'm saying is this is the the start of things to to give Uh, Fishman Dildo oddly this hashtag teeth gate uh, might actually help Sonic at the box office do you know what I don't think it will because I don't think the average person is going to go, oh, well, they've taken the teeth out. Therefore, I'm going to go and see this movie. I don't think it'll have that much, ultimately, that much difference. No. And I'm, I'm going to say I think this movie is, is going to do okay. I don't think it's going to block any buses. I could see it flopping. Uh, that's the point. We need to move on from this, Dimitri. Sorry, we, we need to move no, on. I'm got just so saying much to it's do. tough. We haven't seen it. I mean, if the movie's good, no, it'll I, do okay in the yeah, box. Yeah, absolutely. And it might be, you know, it might be, oh, that surprising movie of the year, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Right. Okay, very quickly. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, once upon a time in Hollywood, is going to premiere at Cannes. Tarantino and Cannes. 
They have a history. They have a history. Uh, what do you think about this? Are you quite surprised? or I, I think this is one of the strongest can lineups in quite some time. Yeah. And they ne- they needed it. Yeah. Because I feel like after last the last was a two, or, two or three years, and oh my God, it was just bad. And we were talking about this. I was talking to a lot of people of LAOFCS. It's, it's amazing because... Can is a is a festival that no one besides people in the industry and celebrities care about. Mm. Nobody. <laughs> so this year with Rocket Man and this movie going there, yeah. I, I mean I, I I expect a lot of talk out of Can this year. Yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be and I think it's a bit more accessible this year than it has been in the last couple of years as well, with the content that's there. A lot of people look at Can as like, oh blah, 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 fancy following <laughs> movies, uh, blah, 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 yeah. as a little bit snobby. And I think this does open it up and make it without taking away from what Can is, I think it mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more everyman right. that I think is gonna be hugely beneficial. I agree with you. Uh Dimitri on this very quickly. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I mean they've had a history, so I'm not it's not surprising at all. And and for the lineup it, it's going to uh, give some 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 weight to the lineup that they have this year, and I think there will be a lot of talk coming out, and it's a great way to. They obviously feel good about the movie to be showcasing it at Cannes, and it ha- and it has the feel from from the trailer um, that it's the kind of movie that would fit in well there with okay. the uh, with the general style, the tone. Uh, I think he's a, he's a director who hasn't obviously, you know, Hateful Eight uh, didn't go down particularly well with a lot of audiences. Wasn't his his biggest hit by any stretch of the imagination. Really, he hasn't done anything that's been. Um, sort of almost unilaterally acclaimed since Django Unchained, which was, you know, a few years ago now. That was, what, yeah. five, five, five years ago? Um, so I think this is really going to be, and obviously, you know, people talking about the, the opus, uh, for his, for his career, this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting. And it brings that art level of Hollywood for major studios and major directors to Cannes, which Cannes tends to love. Yep. And it certainly is a benefit than some of the big movies that they've kind of shoehorned into Cannes mm-hmm. over the last couple of years ago. Hey! Try to look popular, everybody. Right. And it's like that stands out like a, you know, like a sore mm-hmm. thumb. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, one thing in here actually uh, 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 Sonic is a video game character. Just going briefly back to Sonic. Uh, John Harrison, Sonic is a video game character. I'm well aware of that. And video games are the biggest form of entertainment in the world with rabid fandom. I'm absolutely aware of that. However, that generally doesn't translate to box office. Never, yeah, very rarely. Well, for the biggest form of entertainment, with some of the biggest money behind it and coming out of it, trying to get those hardcore fans to sit down in the seats, they've even when tried. you deliver, is difficult. They've tried. They've tried. God knows yeah, they've tried. They've tried. And Sorry. audiences reject it. And it's not just about the fans. You've got to get other people in there. Uh, that, that, and th- th- there's the rub. Div- there's the rub. And. Yeah. Who doesn't enjoy a rub? Uh, I just want to do a little bit of self-promotion. By the way, if you want to follow the show, uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at uh, Meet Movie Press. Uh, we continue the dialogue there every week. We appreciate it. And, of course, if you want to rewatch the show, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, we would love to hear from you in the comments section. Uh, you don't have to agree with us. Um, it's always nice to have compliments, uh, but it's always a, d- a dialogue, but we always like to keep it civil, um, and that's that's always appreciated. Um, okay, guys, very briefly before we get to this week's reviews, uh, Willow sequel has, has been confirmed to be in talks for uh, Disney Plus, uh, which is great news, guys. I rewatched Willow recently. Uh, God, that's a good movie. It's fun. Is it great? It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Don't make it's a lot of movies like no. that no. anymore. Um, they they really don't. Uh, and a quick plug for something I did this week. Tony Todd. Uh, I did a piece with Tony Todd. 
And got some very nice feedback, actually, from Tony. Um, we talk about Candyman and Final Destination, so he updates on on what his relationship is with, with Jordan Peele's new production mm-hmm. uh, and also the Final Destination uh, movie, which uh, is... Uh, they're going to be doing a new one, basically, and kind of what where he feels and where he fits in with that. So check that out on Forbes, which is great. And I've got some interesting interviews coming up next week uh, with the likes of Lynn Shea, uh, also Adam yeah. Shankman, uh, because What Men Want comes out on, uh, on Blu-ray and DVD next week. So I've got some of that stuff on there and a couple of other surprises, which is great okay uh we need to very briefly uh just talk about the trailers Did anybody see crawl this week we saw yeah. that saw it yep. uh-huh. that trailer it's oh, the boy. b movie we need yeah right now that's the way i look at it Hope, hopefully it's better I, than the meg <laughs> i know you hate the meg i hate yeah. the meg. Th- th- this is uh th- this I could be our meg. well so i think bad. lake placid will be better is might be better, but this is the B movie we need this yeah, summer. It's going to be a really nice, uh, just a, a, a fun, <laughs> yeah. fun, a good fun horror movie. Yes. Uh, and also, Murder Mystery, a Netflix movie surprise. with Adam Sandler and Jennifer. Surprise, surprise, surprise. surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Adam Sandler in funny movie shocker. Yeah. Oh my god! You didn't see it? Oh, no. You should, seriously. I didn't want to check it out because <laughs> yeah. I was like, eh. Check it out. Yeah, it's, it, it looks, looks funny. It looks dumb, but funny. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this week's big movies. Uh, Long Shot is out this week. You guys have both seen this. Yes. Uh, very briefly, give me your love for this. I, I, I loved it. I mean, um, I I am not the biggest fan of Seth Rogen, yeah. but him and Charlize Theron really <laughs> make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he hasn't. That's why I didn't tweet any of my reviews. Uh, he should because I actually like the movie. Yeah. Um, but um, him and uh, Charlie's there, and I just they I, it they should not work. Yeah. But they do. They and do. and some of the dialogue, I mean, the one-liners, the, the Captain Crunch line, yeah. it's just brilliant. Some of the lines are brilliant. Yeah. Look, to me, it, it, it's a throwback kind of a movie because it follows the formula of the romantic comedy from yeah. the 80s and 90s. But it has today's sensibilities. And it really straddles that line because it doesn't go overboard with raunch. And it really focuses more on heart. Yeah. And their relationship. And the both of them really work. We know that Charlize Theron can do comedy. Yeah. And uh and she really does shine here. And I She loves doing comedy. She, she doesn't get offered enough no. of them. I had this conversation with her last year at Gringo. And she's like, I love doing comedy, but she doesn't really get offered a lot of them. Yeah, and she's good at it. She's very she is good. really good at it. So yeah, the movie works. I mean, it could have been tightened up here or there. It's not two and a half hours long. Yes. Switch some romantic comedies. Yeah. So that's a plus for it. I think if people go to this movie, they're going to they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. They won't be highly offended <laughs> by it. No, and the movie works because you believe in them, and it has a. And lot And it's of nice to see. This is what I think people, you know, when I say I don't like Seth Rogen, is I think Seth Rogen is very over the top. Yeah. Whenever I see him in a movie, this is kind of like a little bit more toned down mm-hmm. so then his natural charm and charisma comes out yeah. which, which I, is in there we've seen it in a number of his movies I know like, and it's just it, it's just few and often. far between yeah. and mm-hmm. that's why I think this works and I just I mean even the supporting cast like O'Shea Jackson sure. that, that guy I don't know how he's not like a big like one of the bigger actors right now because yeah. that guy is like is on point and everything mm-hmm. even Ingrid Goes West he was great in that uh, Ugly Dolls thumbs up or thumbs down we're just gonna do on this one didn't see it 
Which what is it? I'm really <laughs> ugly dog. That showbiz. Uh, also, meeting Gorbachev uh, is a documentary that I saw this week. Uh, Werner Herzog was doing a Q and A afterwards at LACMA uh, here in LA. Uh, you know me; I'm a big fan of documentaries. It's an area that I'm, I'm moving into um, my, myself as a, as a as a filmmaker. Um, it, seriously, if you don't know a lot about this period in history, or even if you do, it's a really fascinating profile of, of Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, who obviously used to uh, be be the guy who ran Russia. Mm-hmm. He was a big honcho in the, in, in the Cold War. Um, it's a really yeah. fascinating profile. It's one of the last interviews that he's ever going to do. In fact, after this this documentary with uh, with, with Werner, he said uh, that he's not doing any more interviews with the media. It's really touching. It's really interesting. And it's a really interesting sh- snapshot looking at um, how the world is today huh. uh, politically, and not just here in America, but also around the world. It's really interesting um, to look at how relationships like that were managed um, effectively and why. Um, I, I, it, you, if you can find it on a big screen, it's worth checking out. Also, Hail Satan is still out at the moment, and that's my favorite, one of my favorite movies of the year so far. But it, meeting Gorbachev is a, even if you don't check it out in movie theaters, do check it out when it's um, uh, streaming very I'd be soon. Interested in it's, that, it's, it's seriously, so. dude, it's worth checking out. It's a really good movie. Okay, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. The screen's gone off in here, but I know we have uh, just three or four minutes left. I want to talk about uh, Pokemon um, Detective Pikachu because there are some preview screenings that are taking place this weekend. We'll do a full review next weekend. Um, this is a movie that I really wasn't uh, expecting to be particularly good. I, I kind of, when, when the whole thing was initiated uh, and announced, I, I remember thinking, oh God, I talked about it on this show. Um, I really thought it was awful. That is, is one of the really pleasant surprises of the year. That movie is, is I mean, it, I didn't love it as much as some people, but that is a real, it's a sorbet movie. It's a real palate cleanser. There's a lot of fun. It's quite cheesy and it's quite basic. Um, but seriously, there are some great comedy moments and a lot more heart than I was expecting with this. Aimed at a younger audience, but there's so much in there for the older audience to get in bed with. It is genuinely a really pleasant surprise. Scott? Yeah, I, I, I had the exact same reaction that you, you did. Um, I remember hearing about this, um, having brothers who grew up watching the animated series and playing with the cards. You know, I knew what Pokemon was, but I wouldn't consider myself a, a fan. Yeah. Um, when we went to see this, like I think two weeks ago at this point, I was shocked mm. at how enjoyable it was. And I mean, it's just, it has you, it makes you feel, I know a lot of people say this, but it really does make you feel like a little kid again. Yeah. And the Justice Smith story is 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 so... So delightful, and I can't believe there's a twist in the movie. I'm not going to spoil it. I can't believe I didn't see it coming. Did you see the twist? I coming? did see the twist. Coming, okay, yeah. me and Ashley did not see it, and and I, I. But I just thought it was just made for. This is a perfect example of how you can make a movie for for fans, yeah. But then make it for an audience of all ages. There's something for everyone in this film. Paging Sonic the Hedgehog. Paging <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I think Ryan Reynolds was fantastic as yeah. the voice of Pikachu. I didn't think that was going to work. I'll be he, honest. He, he has the sass that he has in Deadpool, right? But toned Torn down. down but it's it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, just the little other Pokemon characters, they all kind of play great into the world and they all have their own like little jokes. Nothing and is shoehorned. Yeah, no, no. Nothing is shoehorned. It's really nice. And there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of mystery to the movie. There's a lot of like, it, it kind of plays like an episode of Columbo in a weird yeah. way. <laughs> just, one, just one more thing. Yeah. Um, I just really, I couldn't believe how entertaining it was. And I thought visually, 
You know, I know it's a lower, you know, lower budget than most of the most of the big budget movies out now. I thought it was beautiful to look at, very clean as yeah. well. The animation was very clean. It was very, it, it felt very. Obviously, it's not real, but I mean, it felt really <laughs> realistic. It had a an element of where you could believe. You could really believe what was happening. It didn't feel like someone talking to a, a ball on a stick or nothing. You know, the, the emotional connection between uh, between Justice Smith and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and Pikachu uh, was, was genuine. It's like they were it was like they were in the room and there was a genuine connection. And I mean, Bill Nighy has a has a, I yeah. guess, a small role in this movie. And he's also great. Something that I, you know, I, I normally associate him with like kind of like similar roles. Yeah, uh, this is a little bit different for him. So it was a nice change of pace. But well. every, all the characters they had a reason for being there yes you know there wasn't like anybody was relegated it was a Pikachu movie with other people in it mm-hmm. it really was it was really roundly finished I think that to me as a good piece of filmmaking uh, it's not high art but mm-hmm. it's really that's someone doing their job really really well and there's nothing wrong with good pieces of commercial filmmaking yeah no. nothing wrong at all and people are asking Jenna James is asking uh, with the early reviews on Detective Pikachu uh, do you think that we'll get live action as veteran mentions various other things like uh, uh, Monster Ranger uh, Monster Rancher do you think we'll get those um, uh, live action next yeah I think I think potentially with the likes of uh, UGO and Digimon um I, I, maybe um, I just hope we don't get overrun with these like we tended to do in the early 90s where it was like hey every computer game or every trend let's make a movie um, because I think trying to catch this cinematic lightning in a bottle for a pop culture phenomenon especially when Pokemon while it has a consistent fan base has tended to go in and out Always, of pop culture yes. but recently, I think it's done really well and they've captured it nicely Dimitri yeah, very quickly recently regarding Pokemon I mean once that game came onto the cell phone, Pokemon Go, the, yeah, yeah, Pokemon yeah. Go with the uh, uh, what do they call it, the virtual reality thing. Mm. So that brought in a lot of I- I'm gonna say old, like not just young kids. There were older teenagers to people in their 20s playing that, yes, um, because of the technology. So I think that brings in a whole new set of fans, and it looks like the movie is tracking, from what I read, to do around 80. Yeah. Which I think Which I, I told Warner Brothers, deserved. I think this is going to be like the start of a new franchise for them. Yeah. But again, like Simon was saying, I don't want this to like, alright, let's bring everything back. Like It, it doesn't work. It, why know. it works is because People were looking at this and they weren't quite sure. And the fact that it actually delivers means that they did something right. And it not, can't be Lego movies. Stop no, doing this. And, and not not to be not to give too much away because I don't want to be a big you know I don't yeah. want to be a spoiler. It's going to be difficult to carry on from this character. Yes. Yes. We'll have to see which other characters they pick. And I I wouldn't want to see a retread. Pick another character from this poker world. And go with one of those. I won't tell you any yes. more than that. Uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, Jenna James in the chat. Congrats to Ryan Reynolds and his wife, Blake Lively. They're oh, expecting no. their third child. They are. Congratulations to them. Senior Nerd, my 90s heart is full mm-hmm. with joy knowing that a live-action Pokemon is getting great reviews as uh, Zephyra. Uh, I just hope there aren't any Pikachu <laughs> slapping each other. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about the movie, apart from the fact that it's, it's awesome. Uh, Kamei Egan, uh, I wasn't sold on Detective Pikachu, but after seeing some of the trailers, it's Ryan Reynolds that sells mm-hmm. it. Do you know what? There's so much else in there. 
there. It's not just about Ryan Reynolds. It really is the the epitome of a of a team effort, almost like a, a, an ensemble cast where half the characters don't fucking exist. <laughs> yeah. And Scott Boswell, Ryan Reynolds has total control over his Canadian kindness powers. That's a boot right, absolutely, Scott Boswell. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, guys, uh, for for being on the show. Obviously, uh, again this week for people that don't know who you are, Dimitri, very quickly. Right here, uh, Popcorn Talk Networks meet the movie press. You can follow me in the Twitters at dmovies one seven zero one. Scott Menzel. Hi, you can find me at weliveentertainment.com, of course, right here on Meet the Movie Press and LAOFCS Weekly at 11 a.m. today. And my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for being part of the show because without you, there is no show. We really appreciate it. Tell your friends, like, subscribe. You can catch us on so many platforms. It's ridiculous. And we will be back again next week. Uh, don't forget to spanker the mayo. That's what it's called, right? <laughs> oh, and, and tomorrow, May the 4th, be with you. Absolutely. And uh, Xenia Mauer just realized Extremely Wicked is out on Netflix. It is, and apparently it's great. Uh, we're going to watch it this week and we'll talk about it on the show next week. Guys, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. It's because of you that we're here. Tell everybody. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.